We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, Best King Cox podcast on the internet. Today is Wednesday, March the 10th, 2021. Today's show, as we talk about the future of Gamecocks head basketball coach Frank Martin, is it actually in his best interest if he decides to retire or move on from the University of South Carolina? I'll give my full thoughts on that. Also, guys, it is game day as Gamecocks baseball travels to Charleston to take on the Citadel Bulldogs at Joe Riley Park. Guys, I'll break down the game its entirety first. We'll talk the Citadel, their pitching, their hitting, also USC, who they're starting on the bump tonight, what to watch for, key player for the game. I'll give my prediction much, much more from there as well, guys. We've got a packed show here on a Wednesday, and it's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention other companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. They're not a trucking company, by the way. They're a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op. Their movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is invested in your success, guys. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging for special items, and cleaning services as well. They're found by, founded by Greenville Natives, and University of South Carolina alumni, guys, so a Gamecock-owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether you're in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs in 2021, be sure to check out our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media, at Upstate Movers Group, or, of course, if you have any other questions, go to their website, upstatemoversgroup.com that's upstatemoversgroup.com be sure to check them out and tell them chris from the spurs up show sent you let's get it Happy Wednesday, happy hump day. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, 
your host, the Spurs Up Show, as always. And yes, you are hearing my voice. That is correct. We are back. Just like that, after I made the announcement on Monday that we would be going from five podcasts per week to two shows per week because of basketball season wrapping up and the content slowing down. Well, folks, I changed my mind. I changed my mind, and you know what? I say this, there's power in changing the mind. If you, when you're able to change your mind and make adjustments and, and, and roll with the punches, if you will, that is a strength. That is not a weakness. So here we are. I changed my mind because, again, we are coming to you here on a Wednesday. So, again, episode 397. Hope you're all doing well. We've got a lot to get into here on a Wednesday. And, guys, really the reason I made the decision, I woke up on Tuesday, which, again, I will say this. It was a positive because I was able to wake up on Tuesday, really brainstorm, got the creative juices flowing. I actually switched around the studio, um, decided to create the content for tonight, which, by the way, guys, quick reminder, watch along for South Carolina Citadel tonight on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you don't know what a watch along is, basically all it is, I'm going to go live at 545 and stream the entirety of the South Carolina Citadel baseball game. So you guys are going to be able to see my reactions, my, my live in-game thoughts, all that good stuff. Um, I know this is something that a lot of you have been encouraging, a lot of you have been asking for, and something that, you know, I've seen other channels, other creators do it, and I think it's something really cool. And I, you know, I figured in, in this moment, why not? Why not try it? You know what I mean? Why not try it and, uh, and uh, you know, see what it has to offer. You know, if something I think that goes well and we really like, you know, we can, uh, you know, implement it for, for football season and beyond. You know what I mean? So we're going to do that tonight. South Carolina Citadel will go live at 545. First pitch will be at 6 o'clock. But again, I was sitting there on Tuesday, and I was thinking to myself, and I looked ahead to the baseball schedule, and I, I was looking ahead to how everything broke down. And, and you see South Carolina plays on Tuesday basically every single week for the midweek. And again, just to give you guys kind of an idea of like what goes on in my head, obviously, again, doing five podcasts a week, my biggest thing, the reason I was going to go from five to two is I was saying to myself, okay, we're not going to have basketball anymore. So there, there's going to be a little bit less content to talk about. There's going to be less content to break down, right? So the one thing I didn't want to do was insult the listeners and the people that consume this podcast and consume this content by putting out fluff shows, if you will, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Basically, what I mean by that is is just trying to make something when there's really nothing there and uh, just putting out shows for the sake of it. You know what I mean? I did not want to waste people's time and, and just and do that, right? So I was like, okay, Monday, Thursday, we'll go to that. We'll make the adjustment, whatever. Again, I woke up on Tuesday, though, and I will say it was very weird not putting out a podcast. It was very strange. I was like, okay, this is different. This is weird, whatever. And things started to happen on Tuesday, and I looked at the schedule, and I was like, you know what? I think we're going to go back to five shows a week. One, I just I love making the content, guys. I'm addicted to it. I love the daily grind. I, I love coming to you guys on the daily and talking Gamecocks. And the great thing about the Gamecocks is there's always drama. There, there, we, all, we, we do not have a lack of drama in Gamecock Nation. There's always something to talk about. There's always something to discuss. There's always something to break down. Now, obviously, you guys know not every single show is going to be as jam-packed as others, but you know what? It, it, we, we roll with the punches. We keep it moving, right? So I looked at the schedule, and this is how things will probably break down, and I'm thinking more so starting next week. And again, subject to change because, hey, football is going to start happening, spring practice. You never know with basketball what type of news might drop. But generally, I think this is how the schedule is going to be. And I'll tell you guys this week, too. So, of course, today, 
I'm talking a little bit of Frank Martin. We're talking midweek baseball. So we are going to have midweek baseball previews, analysis, all that good stuff. Because I thought to myself, you know what? This baseball team's undefeated. The fan interest is really, really high. And people are even interested and intrigued in the midweek games, which makes me feel really, really good that Gamecock baseball is to the point where people are actually excited and interested in those midweek games. Because a lot of times, if your team is kind of middle of the pack or you're not all that great, nobody cares when you're playing Davidson on a Tuesday. Nobody cares if you're playing Citadel. Nobody cares if you're playing, you know, whoever it might be. So I'm really happy to see that fans are actually interested and excited for even the midweek games, not just the, not just the weekend series. But uh, this week, what we'll do, we got the show today. Tomorrow, we will do a full Texas series preview and also preview for the Ole Miss basketball game Thursday night. Uh, Friday, I will have a recap or a breakdown of the Ole Miss game and also my prediction for the Texas series. So we'll separate the prediction from the actual series preview and put that on Friday, kind of like we did for football kind of like we did for football season with the predictions and stuff like that. And then going into next week, that'll kind of be the the standard operating procedure, if you will. Monday, we'll do full series recap, whatever happened over the weekend. Tuesday, we'll do a little midweek preview on who the Gamecocks are playing, the matchup, all that good stuff. Wednesday, we'll do a midweek roundup, how the game went down, stuff like that. Thursday, of course, again, series preview. Uh, And, of course, Monday and Thursday, we'll have guest interviews. And then Friday, full series prediction will drop on Friday. And again, we will go that way because again, South Carolina basically plays every single Tuesday here throughout the rest of the season. So I'm really happy we're able to do five shows. I'm really happy we're able to make it happen. And again, Wednesday, March the 24th, you start spring football. So you know there's going to be stuff to talk about from there as well. But again, long story short, I know I'm being long-winded here, but I'm just, I'm kind of thinking out loud. But uh, I hope you guys are happy. The show is back five, five days a week. And it's funny, it took me all of one day to change my mind. So Please don't hold it against me. Uh, again, I, I'm somebody that I just kind of go with my gut. And, you know, <clears throat> if I need to change accordingly and, and switch things up and 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 whatever, um, I'm going to do so. So, you know, like I said, I made the decision on Monday, thought it was the right decision. I still feel like at the time it probably was the right decision. And, you know, it, it was nice. I was able to kind of sit there for about 24 hours and kind of think about it and break it down and be like, you know what? Actually, number one, I love doing the shows. I, I love doing the podcast. <clears throat> I love creating the content. And, uh you know, thankfully, we're going to have enough to talk about. People are really, really intrigued and excited for this baseball team. So, and that, that's the thing that I think I'm probably most excited about. The people that people are really excited to even hear about the midweek. So, again, with all that being said, long story short, five podcasts per week are here to stay for the foreseeable future. So, you guys aren't getting rid of me that easy. But, again, appreciate you all tuning in here on this Wednesday, guys. Like I said, quick reminder, watch along also for South Carolina Citadel tonight, 545 streaming on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Should be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of fun. The live commentary, the live reactions, the live feed. I am really excited for that. Again, a brand new piece of content. Uh, Should be really cool. Should be really fun. I I, I hope you guys will tune in for that as well. Before we get to the diamond, though, and you know what? This is something, this is a topic that has been on my mind probably the last week. But, you know, I thought to myself, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to save this until after the SEC tournament because I I don't want to bring it up before the game and and contribute to the chatter that is Frank Martin, right? Because I've told you guys, I'm not a fire Frank Martin guy. I'm not. And, And I will say that again. I will say that until I'm blue in the face. I'm not a fire Frank Martin guy. I'm not. But I'll be honest, with the comments that Frank Martin made on Tuesday, it sort of 
inspired what I'm about to get into. And again, this is something that's been on my mind for the last couple of days, I would say, at minimum. And that is Frank Martin's job status. And what I personally think, selfishly, Frank Martin should do with his future. Now, again, I I want to preface and say this. I hope Frank Martin comes back next year. I don't want to see the Frank Martin tenure end on this note, on this COVID season. I don't. I really don't. My hope and my dream is that we're sitting here next season kind of laughing this off and saying, oh, COVID, it was an asterisk, you know, and we're talking about the Gamecocks, you know, being projected as, you know, a a blank seed in the tournament and, you know, fighting for seeding and and it's been a huge turnaround year and and we're kind of all back. We all want to be, you know, getting into the NCAA tournament. That's what I hope for. That's what I dream for. But realistically, guys, and I've said this to a couple of buddies off the record, off the air, and again, I'm bringing it to you guys finally here on the show. And, you know, Frank Martin talked to the media on Tuesday. And he sounds eerily similar to how Will Muschamp sounded at the end of his tenure. And I hate to compare those two guys, but you cannot help but draw that comparison in the sense of Frank Martin right now is a guy that is trying, it almost feels like he's trying to convince us all of why he should come back. You know, he's him saying, oh, you know, I want to be here. My family's here. I, I love it here. Look at all the successes we've had. Look at this. Look, look what we've done. Look at the final four. Look at the past. Look at the past. It feels eerily similar to that. But I can tell you guys this. If I was Frank Martin, and again, it's very easy to say this sitting here where I'm sitting, right? It's very easy to say it. Much tougher if I was actually in that position. But if I was Frank Martin, or if I was someone close to Frank Martin, if I was a good friend to his, if I was his advisor, or again, someone that had a really good relationship with him. I would advise Frank Martin, you know what? I know you're not a quitter. You're a competitor. You're stubborn as all get out. But maybe you should look at into retiring or moving on to a different opportunity. And I truly believe that might be the best option for Frank Martin at this point. Again, it's not the option that I want to happen. But hear me out taking the bias out of it, taking the South Carolina bias out of it as much as possible and just looking at the situation. And again, I think there are reasons that support this. I'm going to give them to you right now of why I believe it would be in Frank Martin's best interest to retire and or just move on to a different opportunity. The first one is this. I mean, guys, look at the season. Look at his health. Health has got to be number one. We're talking about a guy, he's 54 years old, which is insane to me because he looks so much older than 54. I'm sorry if I'm pissing anybody off or like I'm not trying to like poke fun at it or make light of it, but Frank Martin looks like shit. Can we all agree on that? He looks like shit. Had COVID twice, got alopecia, all his hair's gone. He has no eyebrows. Health was a big problem for him this past season. I mean, he said it before. He, he was 60% on the sideline. And again, this is a guy that's not getting any younger. I don't know how much, you know, how he does as far as taking care of himself and, and, his, and his physical fitness and all that. But he doesn't look great. And, and like, I know a lot of people assumed and are, they continue to make assumptions about his health 
And a lot of people think it's worse behind closed doors. I have no idea. I don't want to draw those conclusions. But again, a guy who got COVID twice, and this season he was vocal about it, beat him down. It beat him down. It beat it out. It beat down his health. I think health is something Frank Martin needs to take into consideration. My second reason why I believe, and I think this supports Frank Martin, it would be in his best interest to retire or move on. Hey, I've said it many times that there isn't a coach on campus outside of Don Staley probably more liked and respected than Frank Martin. I got to be honest, though. I've seen that turn a little bit this season. I've seen that turn a little bit. And, and hearing Frank Martin's comments where he's having to, like, create this sales pitch to of what, you know, of why he should remain there, why he should be the head coach, what is the fan and or university approval rating of Frank Martin at this point? You know, what do people behind closed doors think of Frank Martin? What does Bob Caslin think of Frank Martin? I, I, I mean, again, these are answers we do not, these are questions we don't have the answers to. And again, I think most Gamecock fans still, and again, I like Frank Martin. I do. I think it's the results on the floor this season, COVID or not, that have turned a lot of fans. And, you know, you talk about the Final Four run, and like I said, guys, that that's something that still sticks out to fans. For some fans, it is you know, maybe arguably their their best moment ever as a Gamecock fan. That is the high point of their USC fandom. So I totally understand why for a lot of people, it's really, really hard to say one negative thing about Frank Martin. But again, I'm really starting to question the overall fan and the university approval rating of Frank Martin right now. I, I really am. Again, when you're having to go up there behind the mic and create a sales pitch for why you should be the head coach. Like things are not going well. Everybody's not a fan of you. Everybody doesn't like you when you're having to do that. I mean, look at Will Muschamp. It's the, it feels like the same exact situation. And the difference is this. I, I don't think fans will be quite as vocal about it because again, Frank Martin is so well liked by people. And again, I have to stress it. I have to reiterate, I am not saying fire Frank Martin. But just from what I see on social media, from the people I talk to, from the way I analyze things and see things, the 30,000-foot view, it just feels like to me, I think maybe the fan and university approval rating has switched a little bit. My third reason why I believe Frank Martin, it would be in his best interest to retire or move on, dude, just the overall trajectory of the program. I mean, Frank Martin told the media on Tuesday that his program is not broken, okay? It's not broken. Well, I'll tell you what. If it ain't broken, it's, it's, it's damn near fractured. It's damn near shattered. Because, yes, you had the Final Four in 2016 to 17. These are the four years following. 17 and 16, 7 and 11 in the conference. 16 and 16, 11 and 7 in the conference. 18 and 13, 10 and 8 in the conference. This year, 6 and 12, 4 and 10 in the conference. COVID or not, that's your damn record. Hey, we can even play this game before the Final Four. 25 and 9, 11 and 7 in the conference. You went to the NIT. Great job. Tied third in the SEC. 
Before that, 17 and 16, 6 and 12, tied 11th, 14 and 25 and 13, 13th. And then before that, 14 and 18 and 4 and 14 in the SEC, tied 12th. And again, I will not hold those first two or three years against Frank Martin because he inherited a dumpster fire. But again, look at the last four years since the Final Four run. Is there anything that tells you this program is trending in a positive direction? There's not a soul out there that can convince me it is. Not a single one. Again, I have literally posed this question to you guys. I have posed this question to fans on social media, and I have gotten no answers. Because people, when they talk about Frank Martin and they talk about Gamecocks basketball, they love to cite, oh, this is what we've done. We did this. We went to the Final Four. Look at you know Frank Martin's successes compared to the past, blah, blah, blah. That's all fine and dandy. But give me real reasons. Give me real reasons to be optimistic of why I should feel positive or hopeful that this program will turn it around anytime soon. And most people just cannot give me those reasons. They just can't do it. So again, the overall trajectory of this program, it's something he's fighting. There's no question. He can sit there behind the podium, behind the mic, and say, oh, you know, the program's headed in the right direction, and we feel good about it, and this program is not broken, and it's in a good place. Bro, the stats and the numbers don't say that. They just flat out don't. You and I are looking at something different, I guess. The numbers do not say that. The numbers say that. The numbers say this program is at best flatlined, at best and maybe more realistically trending in a negative direction. Especially when you look at next year's team, who might leave. I'm just saying, the trajectory overall is not what we all want it to be. And my final reason, guys, and I think probably the number one reason, the biggest reason, why, again, if I was Frank or if I was advising Frank, why I believe him retiring or moving on is without a doubt in his best interest, and the right move. It's the expectations for next season. You know, I hear fans say, don't fire Frank Martin. You got to bring him back next year. But if he doesn't make the tournament, I'm going to help him pack his bags. If he doesn't make the NCAA tournament next year, he's got to be gone. If you're Frank Martin, why would you come back in that situation? Why would you come back in that scenario? Because, guys, I'll be honest, there's nothing, there's nothing that says this team is going to be a tournament team next season. Absolutely nothing. And as much as I hate to say it, but you know it's true. You're sitting there listening. You know it's true. But I hate to say it that I really feel like at this point, at this point for Frank Martin's program, Setting minimum expectations of making the NCAA tournament are just unrealistic. They're just flat out unrealistic. I, I do not think those are realistic expectations for Frank Martin's program. I really don't. I really don't. And so if you're Frank Martin, it feels like a no-win situation. You're supposed to come back. With those expectations set on you, you've only made the tournament one time out of nine tries going into your 10th year. I mean, there, there's nothing that tells you making the tournament's going to happen. Nothing. 
The past would indicate it's not going to happen. You hadn't made it the last four seasons. So why in the world would you think all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden we're going to make that the minimum expectation? If I'm Frank Martin, I'm like, no, no way. Because, and again, I do with all this being said, by the way, I think Frank Martin is going to come back. But he's going to come back on the hot seat. And he's going to come back on the hot seat with minimum expectations clearly set out that if you do not make the NCAA tournament, we are going to part ways. We're going to fire you or you're going to leave. You will not be the head coach after that. And I just don't understand why, if you are Frank Martin, why would you put yourself in that position? Because, again, I think probably the last three seasons or so, I've picked this team. I've picked this program to go to the tournament. I have. I will not fall for that trap again next year. I, I will not. <laughs> 100% not. This, this program under Frank Martin has established itself as it is what it is. It is what it is. Flat out. It's a team that, you know what? We're going to go through. We're probably going to be near 500. We'll win a couple we shouldn't. We're probably going to lose some we shouldn't. And that's that. But it's not an NCAA tournament caliber team. It's not an NCAA tournament caliber program. And again, on the note of the trajectory and the team next year, like, bro, who in the world thinks this team is going to be better next year? COVID or not? Who thinks this team's going to be better? I just don't see it. And nobody's going to, again, nobody's going to give you the benefit of the doubt going into the next season. That, oh, yeah, you know, look at this talent. Look at that. You know, this season this past year, again, COVID or not, felt very similar to Will Muschamp and the football teams. And, oh, you know, this is the best team we've had since we've been here. And, you know, this and that. And, you know, pumping our chest in the preseason and all that. You know, like, th that that talk, man. I, fans have had enough of that talk. That preseason hype, the BS of, of hyping us all up and, and falling short of expectations. And, again, you can use whatever excuse in the book you want for what happened this, this, this season and – that's fine. Whatever. You, you can. It, it's a wash. COVID, COVID, COVID. Blah, blah, blah. I'll put an asterisk next to it. Whatever. You can keep doing that. Keep saying that till you're blue in the face. I totally get it. I totally get it. But again, back to my point. If I'm Frank Martin, or if I'm advising Frank Martin, with those minimum expectations set, if those are the minimum expectations, and again, they have to be, right? They have to be. Because if you're South Carolina and you accept anything less, you're basically saying, we don't care about winning. We don't care about this being an elite program. We don't care about this even being a remotely above average program. And with those expectations being set, I just think if you're Frank Martin and you return to that, you're walking into, you're walking into a no-win situation. And I, and I hate to say that. I hate to be that negative and that pessimistic about the chances of next year's basketball team, but it's just being realistic, guys, to what we've seen at this point. It's just being realistic. Again, the program has sort of established itself and to what it is and what it's capable of. It, it really has. The Final Four, as much as I hate to say it, looks more and more like a fluke. I mean, it really does. You got hot for a three-week period in March of 2017. But was this really a Final Four type of program? Was this a program even building towards that? Are you even close to that? No. No, it wasn't. No. <laughs> We're a very painfully average basketball program, even when there's no COVID. Very painfully average. So I like Frank a lot. I don't really want him to leave. Like, I want him to come back. 
I, I don't want to see him leave under the cloud of the pandemic and COVID and all that. I really don't. But on the flip side, selfishly, in his regard, if he decided to retire, if he decided to move on, I wouldn't blame him a bit. And I'd probably say it was the right move. And I'd probably say it was the right move. So, again, guys, that's my thoughts on Frank Martin. Like I said, really just inspired me from his comments on Tuesday when he when he had the presser ahead of the SEC tournament. Of course, the SEC tournament starting tomorrow. Gamecocks taking on Ole Miss. And, you know, <laughs> I know some of you joked and said, man, what if they won the whole thing? And it's like, uh, yeah, that's not happening. But uh, who knows? Maybe you can win a game. Maybe you can win two. Maybe you can steal a few. Who knows? But the reality is this program's in a very bad spot. A very bad spot. And I think it'll be worth – following I think it'll be worth noting as to you know what comes out of USC camp and, and and what Frank Martin decides to do in regards to his future at South Carolina all right guys let's move off the hardwood and we'll move to the diamond Gamecocks taking on the Citadel hey before we talk about that though guys I gotta take my friends over at Manscape because support for the Spurs Up show is presented to you by our friends over at Manscaped. Guys, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family. Jules, guys, they obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide and yours truly, guys. It's trust by me. I use it like every single day. I use it like every single day. Manscaped hooked me up with a bunch of tools and formulations from their perfect package 3.0. Guys, there's nothing worse. We, we've all been there, right? There's nothing worse than you're trimming your junk, you're shaving down there, you're taking care of business, and you get a nick, you get a cut, it burns, it stings. I, I mean, I don't have to explain the pain that is associated when you nick your jewels, when you nick your goods. It, it's not fun. Avoid that situation. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawn Mower 3.0, guys. Again, it's the one I've been using. It's incredible, flat-out incredible. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. Guys, I now feel confident shaving me boys. I feel confident in it. In addition, here's the wildest part. In addition, the trimmer comes with an LED light. There's a light on this thing. There's a flashlight on it for a more precise shave and is waterproof to make your shower shave clean and easy. Guys, I use it in the shower. Incredible. Incredible stuff. I mean, it really puts the 2.0 to shame. The 2.0 wasn't bad, but this 3.0 is on literal steroids. And guys, of course, listen, if you want to buy the lawnmower 3.0, you want to get the Manscaped products and you want to support the Spurs Up show, if you want to use this trimmer on your face, by all means, you know what, do it. You can shave your beard with it. I don't care. But the whole point is this, guys. Don't use the same trimmer you use on your face as you use your balls. I mean, that, you, your, your self-help, your self-being, you deserve an individual trimmer for both. Right? You, you do. Come on. I mean, it's, don't do that to yourself. Treat yourself. Invest money into taking care of yourself, guys. The Lawnmower 3.0, guys, it comes inside their brand-new Perfect Package 3.0, which comes with everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling Nice down there. Guys, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver. Guys, this thing smells incredible. It's an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Listen, you already put deodorant in your armpits. It only makes sense. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And guys, yes, maybe you don't think so. And maybe your girl, your wife will lie to you, but your balls stink. You need something on them. And guys, speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I am thankful for their Crop Reviver. 
Yeah, the Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And also, guys, Manscaped threw in two free gifts into their perfect package, a pair of high-performance Manscaped boxer briefs, which I can attest feel extremely comfortable. And they keep your junk feeling fresh all day in a travel shed bag to store all your grooming goodies. I, I use this travel bag all the time. Guys, get your Manscaped products today. Again, I swear by it. They're, they're the trusted, maybe the most trusted thing in my bathroom that I use on a daily basis. Trim that junk of yours. Get yourself some Manscaped. Go over to manscaped.com, guys, and use the promo code TSUS. You're going to get 20% off plus free shipping, guys. It's a no-brainer. Again, manscaped.com, promo code TSUS, 20% off plus free shipping. Also, you'll be helping the Spurs Up show because, listen, we're trying to get a much bigger partnership with Manscaped. We need 10 promo code conversions. I think we're almost halfway there, by the way. So if you please could could help out and shoot me a DM. Shoot me a DM if you get anything from manscaped.com. I, I, I'll throw you a piece of merch. I'll throw you some stickers, whatever, to say thank you. Because, again, this is a very big deal for the business. Again, 20% off and free shipping with promo code TSUS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the promo code TSUS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. On that note, guys, let's talk about some baseball. South Carolina baseball traveling to Charleston to take on the Citadel. Six o'clock first pitch tonight at Joe Riley Park down in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, the game will be streamed on ESPN+. And guys, like I said, of course, in case you missed it, the watch-along for South Carolina Citadel. I'll be going live 545 on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. That'll be a lot of fun as well. Um, little breakdown on Citadel of the SOCON. Their head coach, Tony Skoll, a guy that he knows, Mark Kingston. They've had a relationship, I'm pretty sure, for a really, really long time. The Citadel right now, four and six overall. They've struggled a little bit out of the gate, but this is a good Bulldogs team. Do not take them lightly. Do not take them for granted. Uh, the pitching side of things, they have a 5-7-1 team ERA. I think the big question for Citadel is who will start for the Bulldogs. And it's funny because Blake Cooper, obviously a really good friend of mine. I have his signed jersey in my studio, and he is the pitching coach at Citadel. And I know he might have been messing with me, but he literally told me in the offseason, he's like, Chris, we're going to throw our stud against Carolina. Like, we're going to throw our guys, our dudes. So, do we see Cameron Reeves, who it looks like is the ace for the Citadel? Uh, do you see Pilarski? Do you see Todd, who are their other two weekend starters? Um, other guys who have started, Logan Barker, uh, Devin Beckley has started, Zach Jones has started. So which arm does Citadel go with? And I'm sitting here right now on Tuesday afternoon. Normally, there's an article breaking down the probable pitching matchups. I don't see that one out yet. So... I don't know if Citadel's trying to keep this thing a secret or, or what's going down, but we don't know who the Citadel's starting at this point. Um, on the hitting side of things, and again, a 5-7-1 team ERA for Citadel. So it's been tough sledding on the mound for the Bulldogs. Uh, on the hitting side of things, a little bit better, 295 team batting average. They do only have five homers in 10 games, so you know not a ton of pop there. Um, but they, have do, they do have some talented players, players to watch for. Infielder Tyler Corbett hitting 357 with three homers and eight RBIs. Also four for four as far as stolen bags. He's a little bit of a do-everything guy for them. Uh, their catcher, Travis Lott, hitting 343 with a homer and seven RBIs. And infielder, Crosby Jones, hitting 366 with six RBIs. Again, a lot of gritty, tough hitters. Like I said, not a lot of power. I mean, they have five homers in 10 games, and Tyler Corbett's got three of them. So not a ton of pop necessarily from the Bulldogs, but again, a very talented lineup 
no doubt. Let's move to the Gamecock side of things, guys. A starting pitcher for South Carolina, left-handed pitcher Josiah Seitler. Uh, Seitler, you remember he started last week at Winthrop. I think he went like three and a third or something like that. But again, he will get the ball for the Gamecocks tonight in Charleston. Uh, what to watch for for the Gamecocks? Again, I just mentioned it. I think the first thing to watch for, certainly, Josiah Seitler getting the nod once again. I think it's interesting because I was wondering, you know, who is South Carolina going to hand the ball to? Because and it's with all due respect to Seitler and everybody that will pitch tonight, you knew you weren't going to hand the ball to Will Sanders. You knew you weren't going to hand it to Jack Mahoney. You, you knew you're not going to hand it to guys that – are probably going to be your first guys out of the bullpen this weekend at Texas. And that's, that's the, I think the underlying storyline in, in this one is I, I, I really caution fans not to look past Citadel because Citadel is a quality ball club and you know, they want to beat Carolina I and mean, bottom line. Um, but Seitler getting the nod, how does he perform again? I, I think it's so interesting with Josiah Seitler, a guy that I'll be totally honest with you guys. I, I after watching him in, in fall and spring inter squads last year and, kind of his progression I wasn't sure this was even going to be a guy that was going to be on the team this year and so the jump he's made the progression he's made you know he's given you a solid bat I think he's definitely solid on the mound he's made huge strides on the mound for you what type of start can he give you I think you definitely if you're Mark Kingston Skylar Mead you'd like to see Josiah Seitler at least give you three or four innings so you don't have to necessarily burn all your bullpen and again my next big thing to watch for and it kind of feeds into this is who does South kind of turn to out of the bullpen with Texas looming. Because like I said, the guys I do not think you'll see, I don't think you'll see Sanders. I don't think you'll see Jack Mahoney. I don't think you'll see Brett Carey. I don't think you'll see Jackson Phipps. I don't think you'll see Andy Peters. You know, I think those top five guys, I don't think you'll see. So I think more likely who you're going to see is a Cam Tringali, a Parker Coyne, a Danny Lloyd, a John Gilreath, uh, a C.J. Wines. You know, those type of guys. Maybe a Mag Cotto. I know he hasn't thrown a little bit. So who does South Carolina go to out of the bullpen? Because, again, the, the big thing in this is you have Texas this weekend, but you'd be foolish to look past the Citadel and not, you know, make it a priority to win this baseball game tonight. So how do they balance that? How do you balance you don't necessarily want to burn your best guys ahead of Texas, but you need to throw guys that can obviously go out there and get outs and give you the best possible chance to win. I'll be interested to see and curious to see how Mark Kingston and Skylar Mead sort of juggle that, if you will. Um, another thing I'll be watching for, do the bats get going in the midweek? Again, it was a little bit of a struggle over the weekend for the South Carolina Bats. She scored just 10 runs in three games, but I know it was obviously um, you know, a little bit, Less for South Carolina than we're used to seeing, especially at this point in the season, the way they've swung the bats. Do the bats get going, though? I think it's really important to have a successful night at the plate and to build some confidence. Again, you're going to see more of the traditional-style pitching staff that you've normally seen. You know, Mercer feature a lot of guys from the sidearm and submarine and and more so throwing like 84 to 86. I think Citadel, you'll see a lot more traditional kind of what you're going to see in SEC play and what you saw before the Mercer series. So do the bats heat back up for you and kind of build some momentum and confidence going into this weekend uh, at Texas. Another thing I'll watch for is just Jeff Heinrich's health. You know, Mark Kingston updated this on Tuesday, said that Jeff Heinrich is 70% right now. I would highly doubt he plays. Um, and I think the reason is this, and Mark Kingston said, I mean, listen, you've got a lot of depth. There's no reason to push this guy and, you know, make him come back earlier than he's ready and, and, and you know, 
put him in a situation where he might get hurt again or, or re-injure himself or whatever. So what is Jeff Heinrich's health? Do we see him in any capacity again? I think most likely they're going to hold him out tonight and save him for the weekend. Because again, I think Jeff Heinrich is a key piece of this ball club, but the good news for South Carolina is you got depth of guys that can play for you in, in, in amidst his absence right now. Um, another thing to watch for talking about the lineup bombs away for West Clark. Does West Clark get back on the home run train? Um, did not hit a home run all weekend, which I know again, it feels like a, a major drought for West. You know what I mean? It feels like he's, he's all of a sudden slumping and it, you know, it's, we all knew he wasn't going to hit four or five home runs a weekend or whatever it was. Like we all kind of knew that was crazy, but uh, does West Clark get back in the home run column tonight? I think that's something definitely to be watching for. And it's still at this point, it, it's must see TV when, uh, when West Clark steps in the box still, because you just never know when he might launch one. And then my final thing, guys, I'll be watching for again, like I said, I've talked to Blake Cooper and the Citadel. There's a lot of pride in that program. It's a really, really solid program, a great program in the SOCON, but the go for broke attitude, for the Citadel. I think you're going to see that. Again, I think for, for Citadel, you know, this is a very big game. And I'm not saying it's not a big game for South Carolina, but the Citadel is going to come out very motivated to beat South Carolina. And again, if the Gamecocks are overlooking the Bulldogs, God forbid, or, or you know, or, or don't take them seriously, take them lightly, whatever, um, it could be a long night. And again, I, I trust the leadership on this team that that won't happen. Like, I'm not concerned that's going to happen in any way. But uh, – I think it's going to be a great baseball game, personally. Like, I think this is going to be a really fun baseball game to watch. I think it's going to be a really entertaining midweek game. Again, going down to the Joe, playing in Charleston, a beautiful ballpark. And I know there will be a lot of Gamecock fans there as well. I know I've had a lot of people ask me if I was going to be there, and unfortunately I won't be. But uh, it should be a great environment tonight for baseball. It should be a great environment at the Joe. And uh, it seems like it's always fun when South Carolina and Citadel do battle. Um, all right, let's move into key player for the game tonight. My key player of the game tonight, simply put, <clears throat> is left in a pitcher, Josiah Seitler. I think getting off to a good start on the mound, again, you kind of know you're going to go Johnny Holstaff tonight. But getting – and that's – I feel like that's always the biggest challenge in the midweek. It's just, you know, you're pitching guys, you're starting guys that maybe don't normally start, don't normally pitch. I think it does help South Carolina that Seitler literally started last week. But uh, he's going to set the tone. Your starter's going to set the tone, and, and you know you're going to Johnny Holstaff it, but you really like to, if you can, get – I'd probably say – I mean, at minimum, three or four solid innings, four or five innings, I'd say. If you can get five innings out of Seitler, I think that's going to be a great night for him. Uh, prediction for the game. Listen, like I said, I, I trust the leadership on this team. I think this team will come out focused, inspired. I don't think they're going to have a lapse in concentration or or let up or, God forbid, like I said, be overlooking the Citadel. I, I don't think that's going to be happening at all. I think Citadel is a really, really well-respected ball club. And, and uh, you know, anytime you have these in-state matchups, I think it's really cool. I think it's really awesome. And to put to put college baseball on display in the Palmetto State, always a lot of fun. I think Citadel does battle South Carolina, but I think the Gamecocks pull it out. I think South Carolina State is perfect. I got the Gamecocks winning this game 8-7. to seven. So I do think it's going to be a close game. I really do. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I think Citadel's going to battle South Carolina, but I think overall South Carolina will be too much, and they will get – the one run win in the midweek and stay perfect, stay undefeated, move to 11 and 0 early in this 2021 baseball season. So, guys, that's going to do it all for me. It feels good to be back. Me not recording podcasts, me not putting content out on the daily, it's like a fish not swimming. I, I just can't do it. I, I don't know. I just can't do it. I'm obsessed with it. I love to do it. Hey, appreciate you guys tuning in, guys. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, Gamecocks taking on the Citadel tonight. Six o'clock first pitch, guys. Like I said, 
the first ever TSUS watch along. We'll go live at 545. Um, I'll be live throughout the entire game, you know, giving my live commentary, thoughts, feedback, all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, we'll have a blast. We'll have a blast of it for sure. But again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Go Cox, beat the Citadel, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks so much, guys. is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24 7 customer support his venue never misses a beat call quickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done